0: Hey, everybody. Welcome in to episode 10 of the Corporate Global Dynasty podcast. I'm your host and Quarter Bowl winner, Hunter Hawes. And I am your host and Quarter Bowl loser, William Spicer. Spicer, it's uh, good to see you this morning. Uh, can you believe that we made it to episode 10? Wow. Amazing stuff. Can't believe it. I I truly can't either. Didn't think we would we would get this far, but here we are, and we're rolling. We're gonna we're gonna make this thing go for a long time. So uh, Spicer will talk about the quarter bowl later on today. Uh, but we've got a full show. I uh, got a couple of trades to talk about, a good week six recap, some pretty good things happening in the NFL. Uh, we're past the halfway point in the fantasy season, so we'll talk about our games and our standings before giving out our awards and closing out with the AFC South. So. Spicer, at the top here, we've got uh, a very small trade. Uh, I traded away very foolishly. Dalton Schultz tied in for the Cowboys to the popular ballers for what was basically a, a one-week uh, insurance on my running back position for Frank Gore. Just trying to make sure I beat you in the quarter bowl. It was a bad trade.
1: I'm trying to, I'm trying to find
0: it. Where? Uh... Yeah. He only scored like six points against you. And if I had gotten zero points from the position, I still would have beaten you. So, I mean, if I hadn't have done it, you know, I'm sure it wouldn't have worked out for me. But I was desperate. And uh, so I pulled this off. And the the worst part was I had Carlos Hyde uh, earlier in the week. And I was just going to start him. But he was like questionable. And I was like, well, I don't want to start someone that's questionable and then, of course, Chris Carson gets hurt and Hyde scores a bunch of points. So, yeah, this was rough. But it's okay. I'll just pretend like I never had Dalton Schultz and try to forget about it. Yeah, that's for the best.
1: Also, I know you said that, like, you you didn't need it. But also, like, if you would have got like, it's so easy for me to have switched any of those toss-up players out, and then you do need them.
0: That's very true. So. Like, that, that does make me feel a little better. I just thought this was going to be... I mean, it, it wasn't like a blowout by, by any means, but um, I just thought it was going to be really, really close and that those you know two to seven points I was going to get could be the difference. So that's why I did that. Uh, the other trade was a lot more exciting. Um, we had the God Kings traded with the Pit Kings. Some rivalry trades here. Uh, Brady got T.Y. Hilton and Philip Rivers and Colton's second-round pick while Colton got Teddy Bridgewater and then my and Wyatt's fourth round picks what did you think about this
1: um uh, T. Y., I mean Philip Rivers and TY Hilton have been I'm just flabbergasted because I think that they are those two players are so bad and I would I think that I would much rather have Teddy Bridgewater here but um we'll see
0: yeah, this one is a an interesting one to me because it could go either way, but we yeah. won't know right now. Um, because since Colton gave up his second-round pick for this, um, I think this will really boil down to, because we still kind of both think that one of these teams will make the playoffs and one one won't. So if Colton doesn't make the playoffs, then that second-round pick isn't too bad. Um, because I don't think the drop-off fantasy-wise from teddy to rivers is that big um and if hilton can somehow maybe come back then you can see where it benefits brady but uh, i just don't know if teddy's going to be a long-time starter in the league but if he starts for a couple years then i think the pit kings uh made out very well here interesting
1: how funny okay well i i mean yeah, T. Y. Hilton has been so bad.
0: <laughs> I know that he's uh he's on your on your your na- naughty list. He's on you know, everyone. He's, he's not just on mine.
1: Yeah, dude, he has been terrible.
0: That's true. Yeah, I don't know if a player's ever been but, traded while in the shadow realm before, but
1: I can't. Um, I couldn't believe it.
0: Yeah, we'll oh. see. Uh, you know, it's it, this is the type of move that could uh, maybe encourage him to get out of the shadow realm. Now that he's been traded to a rival team, so. We'll, we'll keep our eyes on this one. Um, let's get to uh, our week six recap here of the NFL. Uh, one of the things we have to talk about right off the bat, no questions asked, is uh, the Sunday night game. It was very exciting for lots of reasons, but how terrifying is DK Metcalf? Oh,
1: he's pretty amazing. He's a, that chase
0: yeah. down, my goodness.
1: Yeah, the chase down was pretty sick. Pretty sick.
0: Um,. Did, it's scary to watch a big man move that fast.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a, It feels similar to like when I watch Derrick Henry hit top speed. You're just like, once he breaks to like that ten to fifteen yard range, and he's he's no longer having to sidestep. He is horrifying. Like when when like defensive backs once he's hit that level of the defense, it, I mean that's when people just get stiff armed and thrown to the ground like yeah. they're nothing. So. At least he has the courtesy to, like, not hit them. He, like, is like, <laughs> trust me, you need the stiff arm more than I do. Like, I will kill you otherwise. But uh, DK is was more on, like, the speed to size ratio, I think.
0: Yeah, like, it was just weird to look at someone that is built like him run that fast. Like, yeah. And the fact that he was chasing someone down to tackle them <laughs> made it even scarier. Like... It wasn't like he was running, you know, his classic like deep, deep catch for a touchdown. Like it was on the other side of things, and that I think is what made it so scary. Yes. Um. So yeah, that was an exciting game. Uh, Cardinals pulled it out in overtime. Uh, love watching the Seahawks in primetime. Uh, next, I wanted to talk about. I don't know if this is as interesting to everyone else as it is to me, but we seem to talk about the Falcons every week, and it's just because I take a, a kind of a sick pleasure in just watching how miserable they are in all the ways they lose
1: yeah they're they're such a circus such a clown show the way that they they lost the what was it the week one or week two game to the cowboys mm-hmm. when Dak had the big like second half comeback another just like late game blunder to let the lions come back and win it's looking bad for the falcons
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure you've seen by now the kind of conspiracy theories that Todd Gurley purposefully scored that touchdown. I I don't believe that, do you? Absolutely no chance. (laughs) Yeah, not buying it at all. Um, There was a really crazy fact that came from this game, which is that Matt Stafford now in his career has 72 wins, and 36 of those, which I believe, if I know how to do math, is, is exactly half, uh, came from a game winning drive. Whoa. Wild. Yeah. Talk about a stressful life. That yeah. That's insane. All right. Next up, we have the Patriots Chiefs. Wait, no, not Chiefs. Patriots. Who'd they play? Um, All all I wrote in my notes was The Patriots suck So I I don't remember um, (laughs) Who who they did that against Oh it was the Niners wasn't it Yeah Jimmy G got the best of his uh, former employer Yes Any Uh, thoughts there So I
1: With this game We We have a player uh, On notice there Julian Edelman From last week And there's been some chatter about like is it Julian Edelman's fault. Is it Cam Newton's fault? What's going on in New England? So, I decided to get my uh, a free week subscription to NFL Red Zone or whatever <laughs> to get the NFL Twenty Two. So I watched all every offensive play of the Patriots from this game, and y'all, it is true. Everyone on that team is terrible. We, I mean, there are plays where I watch Julian Edelman run one of the most awful like shallow out routes like he he he's not fast enough i guess to just like burn people anymore or he gets double teamed uh when like motioned across so he's trying he tried out this like head fake thing and i was like dude you're practically standing still for three seconds trying to like head fake this defender and man coverage Ooh. and it Let's so was i was like Julian, so bad. There are plays where I'm like, Cam, you just straight missed a dude. Like, also, like, why aren't you throwing down to your check down? What what are you thinking? What are you seeing out there, Cam? And then there are other times where I'm like, man, everyone's trying to do things. Why are these routes? Why are we running these routes on this? Like, what coaches? Why are we running two deep outs and then, like, two, like, shallow outs? And that's it in, like, second and eight. And I'm just, I, I don't know. I thought the whole, just watching the Patriots, it looked like they had no idea what that they're sure about what they want to do, what their game plan really is. So,
0: which is really weird, like this late in the season for a Belichick coach team, it just doesn't really. I don't know. It doesn't really add up to me. Um, I know they. I mean, last week. You could kind of make some excuses for them playing poorly, like because they had Cam had COVID and he was coming back from that and whatever. But I I'm very thankful that you took one for the team and watched all of that because I imagine it was like um, punishing yourself That's what it probably felt like to have to watch all of that uh, terrible football. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know what I don't know if there is a solution um, <laughs> to this or not. Uh, we'll see. I guess what happens, but. Thank you for that hard-hitting analysis.
1: Yes. What can I say? So, uh,
0: yeah that that team. If you watch, just just watch. No,
1: no wide receiver is just like an easy read for Cam either. Like there is no separation. There's there's nothing. No one's doing anything right on that offense right now. So.
0: All right. The Patriots are really bad. Um, the Chiefs. Uh, the Only thing I really wanted to note here was. Um, the, that game was boring against the Broncos. They won by a lot of points, uh, had a lot of big defensive plays. Um, and honestly, we didn't really learn anything about the Bell versus uh, Clyde edwards Lair situation. Um, I, I just don't think that was a typical game, won't be typical going forward. So um, they got similar numbers of carries. CEH uh, had two more than Bell did um, and had a really great... Very nice touchdown run. I don't. Know if you didn't see that, you should see, you should look it up. Um, had a good move there, but yeah, we'll we'll keep our eye on that. See how that develops. And then uh, one of the last things I wanted to mention was I have a huge man crush on Justin Herbert. Really, I do. We, talk, tell me more about it
1: because uh, I I haven't gotten there yet. I still think he looks too chop like he. I'm like you look like a like a cartoon character that got superpowers overnight. <laughs> and now you've kind of, like, stumbled into the fact that you're an NFL quarterback.
0: Yeah, I think that kind of plays into it a little okay. bit for me. Because, like, like, he's, you know, he's still got the acne. Like, he yes. just kind of gross hair most of the time. Like, just doesn't look very presentable. So, like, I'm expecting a huge bump in him in the off season in, like, the the world grabbing him and being like okay son like i know we weren't sure if you were even going to play this year in the nfl but you did and so we're going to have to do like some makeover stuff get you a suit probably i like i haven't i'm sure he does but i'm in my head canon he doesn't even own a suit um so they're going to clean him up in the offseason but just his play like so far has just been so exciting to watch um cuz he's just not afraid to like throw the ball and um i really like that i think People are, I, I mean, I, I, kn- I know I doubted him coming into the season as w- with people like Burrow and Tua uh, in this class, but he had huge runs. He's throwing it to Keenan Allen, who I love. Um, yeah, I'm just a big fan.
1: Yeah, well, and, you know, playing against Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew is, like, the second evolution of what Justin Herbert could look like, probably. Like, he's got, like... <laughs> That's true, th- actually. Gardner kind of, like... I hope at the end he's like, "Son, you're great at quarterback, but let me tell you, your style, your look, your brand, son, it is all wrong. It is all wrong. I can fix you." And they're gonna team up. This is the this is the mentor of the comic book.
0: Yeah, that's a good call because if if Gardner didn't have that mustache, like we would say a lot of the same things about him as we have uh, Herbert. So yeah, exactly. you're right. That's that's a good pair. I like that. Well, the only other thing I have before we move on is uh do you have any Antonio Brown takes? Um, so is he officially signed at the Bucks now? He is. Okay. Um
1: I think that my A B take will be uh, little to no change on that team if Chris Godwin is hurt and out. I think he's holding like a questionable tag right now.
0: Yeah, they uh, they ruled him out for this week because he okay. had to have like a surgery on a finger, but expected okay. to come back really soon.
1: So that one's interesting. To, like however however Godwin sort of plays out is how much I think AB matters and with if Godwin is there then like AB will matter more because he becomes their third wide receiver. I just don't think he's going to be able to be a wide receiver too like what Godwin and uh Mike Evans, like if it's just Mike Evans at a b, I think it's gonna be rough for him,
0: you know? yeah, i agree i'm i I keep kind of going back and forth, um I don't know if he's playing like instantly, like if he'll play this week, uh or if he'll have to wait until week nine i I really don't know, um, but Yeah, the Godwin thing is something to monitor because one thing I've kind of noticed throughout this year, since Godwin's already not been playing a bit from uh, injury, is the Mike Evans-Tom Brady relationship seems to be weird. Um, Like certain games, he's like had like two catches. They were both touchdowns, but it's like the rest of the game, he wasn't looking for Mike Evans, who's one of the best receivers in the league. So, um, and with all the news that, brady like desperately wanted antonio brown i just that's just weird to me like he played one game with him so i don't know i mean i yeah. guess they they practiced together and everything
1: yeah i thought that was weird too tom tom brady does not strike me as the one who would love to have ab but i mean he did love randy moss so
0: yeah you know he clearly knows if a player is good or not so I, i'll i yeah. defer it to him
1: <laughs> yeah he. And this could be one of those things where he's just having to go
0: like We don't have.
1: We need some all the better horses, and this horse is a very good one,
0: right? We'll see if he can uh, mentally keep it together. All right, let's go on to the corporate global dynasty league. Here, Uh, we're gonna we're gonna start with uh, going over the games, and then um, we're over halfway of the season, like I mentioned. So we'll update our our playoff odds as well. Uh, But let's start with our quarter bowl, Spicer. Um, We had a pretty good game that uh even though it seemed out of reach it did it did technically have a chance to, to go down to Sunday night football with Christian Kirk. Uh ultimately the Gotham Knights defeated the Bruce Matthews one sixty five to one forty two.
1: Yep. Very well done. And I am glad like this game was essentially won by who you chose to start. We both had like weird stuff happen throughout the week. And so it was just like what do you do with your last like two flex spots at least to me mm-hmm. you had Deontay Johnson and one and I could have played a host of people I got but the, I got so twisted up with having Boston Scott and then mm-hmm. the Aaron Jones injury and so I was like well I would have played Boston Scott probably over Jamal Williams so then I was like I guess so now I play Jamal Williams over Antonio Gibson and I was like Antonio Gibson has worked his butt off this year he deserves to start for the Bruce Matthews in the quarter bowl and he did not disappoint I, no. I honestly couldn't have made a, a wrong choice there Josh Jacobs let me letting me down not playing a different tight end over John um, and then Scantling and, the, and Randall Cobb was like I, so I so essentially just missed on every one of my like toss up picks
0: yeah. And I don't blame you on the John New one. I think, you know, if he's playing you're you're wanting to put him in the lineup. Like I I mean, I think I would start him next week. Um, so I, I get that one. Um the Josh Jacobs thing is weird. I mean that probably won't happen again. The Tampa Bay game just got out of hand and they couldn't u- use him like normal. Um yeah, I was very happy to see Deontay Johnson uh, go off. Um I think he would get the the M V P award from the matchup and uh, I hope to um, that he stays healthy because we'll talk more about the Steelers receivers at the end of the show. Um, but uh, man, I was really happy <laughs> with the way that the Big Ben was looking for him in that game. All right, uh, we will. Uh, our trophy is not in yet. So uh, for those at home, we do have a trophy. We actually, have, we actually have three trophies. Um, <laughs> yeah. We have one for the winner and one for the loser. Uh, so there's there's two different loser trophies. Um, <laughs> But because uh, <laughs> they're they're personalized, so uh, those will come in probably in December. Uh, which so I guess they won't really get displayed till the season ends. But that's okay. We're gonna use them. So next up, we have a very close matchup uh, with, between two great teams. Here we have the Winter Faces uh, beating the Pit Kings by just uh, cool. over a point.
1: Yeah, and a, a huge win for this is one of those must-win situations for both of these teams, mm-hmm. where they just. Whoever loses in that spot, you're thinking to yourself, okay, what do I do now? Because that three and four, I feel like it's kind of that weird, do I tank, do I not? Like, how far down am I willing to go? S-s- areas. But winning there, you're like, okay, still in the playoffs. So,
0: big win for the Faces by point what, 008 I think it was point. Point .18 or .17 or point something one like .18, yeah. <clears throat> um, and that was with a 12-point game from Patrick Mahomes, which is undoubtedly <laughs> his, his floor, I would imagine, uh, for the rest of the season. Um, he did lose Chris Godwin uh, for at least a week, and then he also lost Odell Beckham for the season. So the Winter faces are probably going to have to make some moves on the trade market, Um with uh, C.D. Lamb not going to be giving you any points hardly now with the quarterback changes and um, and everything. So there's a lot of question marks for the winner faces. We'll keep our eye on them and see what they do. But right now they're winners. Um, a very great game. And uh, this win here that I'm about to talk about vaulted this pl- this team into the playoff race. This is Marley Magic. With a hundred seventy one mm-hmm. point game over the God Kings, um, making them both three and four and tying Marley Magic for the sixth, sixth goodness sixth playoff spot
1: yes I ab- this this matchup is one of the most hilarious things to ever be witnessed in a fantasy sport, I think <laughs> mostly because like going into Sunday night, let's see, he would have been losing. Yeah, by a good amount. By over by. Oh my gosh. He would have been losing 118 to
0: 159.
1: Wow. And then Tyler Lockett plays.
0: Yeah, Tyler Lockett, 53 (laughs) points. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's probably going to be the highest receiver game of the year. (laughs) Um, Just insane. I know that he, he will be talked about again later in the show. Um, but yeah, huge victory for Marley Magic as now he's tied with the Pit Kings and the God Kings for that last playoff spot. Um, there is a pretty significant point difference between him and, and the Pit Kings, like 80 points. But um, all it takes is a, a couple more weeks like that or uh, a victory you know, in a weird spot. And, and Marley Magic could be looking at the playoffs. He's got Nick Chubb uh, coming back soon as well as Tua starting. So lots of exciting things happening for that franchise.
1: That's true. I love this they're going to get to make like a quarterback change halfway through the season Tua's is going to get to come in and see if th- he can salvage this, this season and really make a push here.
0: I love it. It's that, perfect. Yeah. Um, the last two we have are, <clears throat> excuse me, have our teams that are uh, struggling at the bottom that the continue to lose. Touchdowns and Abby uh, lost a game that was not very close to the popular ballers, and the Flaming Hot Cheetahs lost uh, a very similar in-score game uh, to the Matriarchs, moving both of those winning teams to 4-3 and three, and the losing teams to 1-6. and six. Yep, there the, uh,
1: the tank command is going strong. And those, those teams are making pushes for the playoffs. They got a nice setup here in the middle of the season to get a nice easy win, keep them in the hunt.
0: Absolutely. And we will continue to monitor um, because I know that Touchdown Abbey does want to compete this year. And um, on paper, they are still only two games out, so... Uh, it, something magical happens, they can turn this thing around and the popular ballers are also in a kind of a weird spot. So we'll be monitoring that. So with that said, um, those are our matchups and uh, let's quickly talk about the playoff odds here according to our tool that we have here, our league analyzer. Spicer, it still has the two of us at above a 99% chance to make the playoffs. Uh, the matriarchs and Winterfaces faces have dropped a few percentage points, but still above 90%. And so let's get into these two kind of wild card spots a little bit, uh, make some predictions. We've got in the computer popular ballers and pit kings making it with both over a 65% chance with the god kings at 46 and marley magic at 29. What do you think is going to happen?
1: So I think it will be... Mm. Man. So this is tough because... I'd, I'd like to say popular ballers because I think that their team, they, because they had Christian McCaffrey. And so, like, him coming back could be a huge change for his team. Um, but I'd, I am a little bit concerned because the way that the schedule worked out, like, he's not going to have a real quarterback this upcoming week. Um, hmm. Right now, he's currently starting Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill. For the next week, because Minshew and Deshaun Watson are on the bye, and his only other option is Josh Rosen. So that's concerning. that That's concerning to me in a tight race, uh, and that he might not have the points. So with that in mind, I think I think it's gonna it's got to I think it's got to be the the two kings making it in. I think it's mm. the brothers. Both sneaking in.
0: Over the popular ballers. Over
1: the popular ballers. Yeah, popular ballers come close, end up in seventh place. But I could be totally wrong about that. I'm just creating narrative.
0: So, (laughs) Yeah, it will be interesting to see because the the popular ballers next two weeks, I think, determine what they need to do and how they need to make any last-minute trade adjustments and everything because it all depends on when McCaffrey comes back. This week they play the matriarchs with like you said no quarterback that's probably a loss and then next week um, he has to play me and there's no Rams receivers no Travis Fulgham um, so there's there's going to be another kind of that one if, if he doesn't have McCaffrey there that could be the end of the season so uh, we'll we'll keep our eye on that but yeah I, I think that's a good prediction um, I I'm, I'm rooting for Marley Magic to have like a a. Kind of get hot and make it make it uh, even spicier than it is now. So um, that's our playoff picture. Uh, the the championship odds are twenty seven percent Bruce Matthews, thirty one percent Gotham Knights, and fourteen percent Matriarchs. So she uh, used to have the top odds, and they have since fallen. Um, I'm guessing that's due to playoff seating, but uh, we will see. All right, Spicer. It is the reason we do this. Our favorite time of the show it's time to give out some awards
1: all right awards time so you let why don't you you lead us off what, what award are you giving out first
0: this week yeah i'm gonna do the corporate global workman of the week award and for the first time ever we have a player repeating and getting a not only a second award but the same award twice um because Tyler Lockett was one of the first ever winners of this award, if not the first, I can't remember. And uh, he's absolutely going to win it today. He had 53 fantasy points, 15 receptions, 200 yards receiving, and three touchdowns. Just an incredible performance. Patrick Peterson uh, was kind of shutting down DK Metcalf, and so Russell Wilson said, okay, you take away him. I still got this guy right here. So uh, just an amazing performance. I think... uh, in in the work world, this guy right here, Tyler Lockett, this is like the the sales guy who um, continues to win and and like have the highest sales numbers and but he's now he's at the point where like he's got so many clients it's really not fair and it's like he just needs to kind of move on to management because he's messing up the potential for rewards for the rest of the sales crew.
1: Hmm. Yeah probably. Congratulations Tyler Lockett Great job. I'm also I also want to go ahead and just give out my, my award for Tyler Lockett as well. Let's just go <laughs> ahead and shower him with praise. Tyler Lockett, you get pinchable cheeks this week. So, on so much of the internet, I know that the, even on this podcast, I know the DK Metcalf chase down tackle is great and awesome. And it is. But I think that I'm so sad for Tyler Lockett because he's like, <laughs> I just had a 200-yard three-touchdown game and all anyone wants to talk about is this dude without the ball running. And I, I don't know. Uh, I think that DK Metcalf, even though I love him, he got a lot of extra love. And you actually did some stuff. I think he had as many tackles as he did receptions last on this week's game. So. <laughs> That's true.
0: Very fair. Yeah, Tyler Lockett is uh, the second receiver in fantasy uh, and he's already had his bye week so uh, yeah. amazing all right um so next up i will do my uh what if question so we will take a look into the multiverse of sports and so today i have uh we're going to step outside the off the field here and go into a different sport. And uh, this probably would have been timed better back a few weeks ago after the Lakers won the NBA championship, but we're going to talk basketball here for a second. Um, Spicer, I'm sure you've thought through this before at some point, but one of the games I like to play is what if LeBron James had gone to college for a year? Uh-huh. Um, because he was already elite, dominating like player in the NBA back when you could go straight to the NBA um but to imagine him playing for uh, Kentucky, Duke, Ohio State, whoever, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Um I think uh, well, I I have my thoughts, but uh I I know you're a, you know somewhat of a, a college basketball fan. You'll you'll pay attention to certain things. Uh what what do you think would have happened if LeBron had played against um other children? So
1: hmm, I I think he would have just, like, never passed the ball. Like, I don't I don't know if the ball would have ever ended up in a single other person's hands. And if it did, that coach would be considered an idiot because <laughs> I think that he could score at will. Yeah. Like, uh, the only thing I was thinking is I think it would have honestly been worse for his career because if there's one thing I think he still maybe not would not have been great at, would have been shooting from the outside, which I think people look for in college a lot. So I'm curious, like, if he would. I guess Zion, like, just had that year where he was not shooting from outside a ton. Kind of had mm-hmm. he was like kind of like the closest stand-in for what LeBron would probably have looked like in college. Agree. So, um, something like that, but I still think a little more dominant than even what he did.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Uh, of course, Zion ended up like getting hurt and had a weird year that didn't work out well. But yeah, that that was kind of who I was thinking, at least like. The other thing that would have been fun—I mean, he had this in the in the NBA—but the just every single conversation that was happening in college basketball would have been about him. And like, just I love to think about him playing in an NCAA tournament. Like, man, it would have just been so much fun. Um, but the main thing here is that if he had gone to college instead of going to the Cavaliers and having the hometown stuff and all that, he would have gone to the Orlando Magic. Now, talk about a bummer.
1: Oh man. That, that
0: would have sucked. Yeah, I just I don't like the magic. I don't like their uniforms. I, it just would have been really, really unfortunate for all of sports fans. Yeah, that. Uh, or
1: Orlando is what the Browns. It's where all. It's where like, if you happen to be the first round pick that you're going in and you catch the Browns or the Magic, you you really groan to yourself because it's a lifetime of just sadness. Even if yeah. you're a good player, you can't thrive in that, in those worlds
0: for whatever yeah. reason. They really do, like, disappear. Players disappear <laughs> when they go yeah, up, down there. Like, like you're I about- think Mo Bamba went there, right? He was, yeah. like, really hyped, and, like, I, I don't know if he did anything this year. I didn't see it if he did. I feel like that was a, um, a
1: University of Michigan Wolverines, like, players always ended up in Orlando and just died, like... There's there are some great Michigan teams that players left from it, and the NBA did absolutely nothing.
0: Yeah, they ever since like Shaq and Penny Hardaway days ended, um, it just kind of has. It's been downhill ever since. And, and Dwight Howard, I guess they did have a, a brief time of Dwight Howard. Now I don't remember. I guess, well, I don't know if Dwight Dwight Howard and LeBron would have played together on the Magic. I don't know the timing of how that worked, but I would assume not because the way the picks all shook out. But um, here they are, they won a championship together this year so uh, the world is, is strange. <laughs> what um, a multiverse Yeah,
1: how, how amazing we came back around to that connection Wow. Yeah.
0: truly really incredible Alright, um, so the, the multiverse for our league this week is uh, I think Colton's probably had a few multiverse issues this year and it's because he loses a lot of close games uh, and I think his team is better than his record would indicate, but Colton, um, I want to talk about Jeff Wilson, Niners running back, uh, with all the guys out. I'm sure a lot of people did expect McKinnon to get a lot of work, but um, usually two guys from that backfield are, are, are startable, and uh, you can hope to get points from them. Um, so you instead started Adrian Peterson, uh, which isn't necessarily just a terrible idea, but after DeAndre Swift kind of burst onto the scene last week, I think a lot of people expected him to take a step forward. And uh, he did points-wise. He he got he got 14 points, but still given some work to AP. Uh, but if you had started um, either Chase Edmonds or Jeff Wilson, I think that's his name, Jeff Jeffrey Wilson, whatever the Niners guy, uh, would have given you the win over the Winter Faces and vaulted you up, I believe, to third or fourth place. So um, missed opportunity there. and Now you're still fighting for your life.
1: Yeah. Yes, but can I say, I just absolutely love that you did play, which I'm not sure if Hunter said this, but you played Adrian Peterson and De- DeAndre <laughs> yeah. Swift. Like,
0: they were both At on At the YouTube. same time. Yeah.
1: So, like, you just said, okay, if the, the Lions are going to run and throw the ball to the running backs, I'll just take all those points, please. Whatever that is, I'll 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 take it. Yeah.
0: and I, I mean, it it's almost worked.
1: <laughs> It was just so funny to me. It's just like, I'll take a whole backfield of an NFL team. We'll just see how it goes.
0: Yeah, anyway. I, I did find that funny as well. Um all right. Next is—is is it time to put someone on notice?
1: I kind of wanted to save that to the end.
0: All right, let's save it. So
1: uh, this is actually for the "Sex Up or Shut Up." Mm. I'm so glad it worked out this way, which is that um, the the winner of this award also won the quarter bowl. So Hunter, you're going to get this award this week. Oh, thanks. And it's be, it's for uh, Deontay Johnson. Because and the reason why is when I went to go look at like what was your other option there, like um, because I don't know if you if you would ever have played like Everett or or Logan Thomas, right? Like even though they're on your team, I don't think they're ever like necessarily strong considerations against Chicago mm-hmm. and against uh maybe maybe Logan Thomas against Dallas. Yeah. But um but the fact that you played Deontay after his really, like, coming, essentially what? Like, been on injury and then, like, came back and didn't have a great game? Something.
0: He got like, even he got hurt and in, in, missed a game. Then he came back and got hurt again. So he, like, scored less than a point in two consecutive games. But they were both due to injury. Uh, and then this week he was, like, questionable. Or then he missed a week and then he came back. Um uh, But, yeah, I, I really uh, was considering starting either Mike Williams or Landry, um, both of them were gonna be in like high-scoring games, and um, Landry did fine, like ten points. But that that point difference um, did help me win this game. Well, yeah, thanks. I I do like Deontay Johnson a lot, um, so I'm very thankful that he got the award. Uh, so let's keep talking about Steelers receivers because okay. it is time for Hunter's Hunches.
1: You know, I
0: like that idea. You guys better get in here quick because I don't know how long it's going to last, but right now we're 4-1. We're on a hot streak. Uh, this week, Juju Smith-Schuster pulled off a victory for me, uh, outscoring Jerry Judy, who Katie did start. That's, that's why you got to listen to my hunches. Uh, it was a big difference, too. I think Judy only had like, I want to say like four four points. So it was a pretty pretty big difference there, uh, outscored Jimmy Graham by a good amount um, and uh, your other flex option was Gronk and I think Gronk and Juju scored the same or maybe Gronk had a point more so, so um, Juju hits there uh, making me 4-1 and one, and uh, I, I've had some success in, in in calling the shots on the Steelers receivers this year um, so I'm happy for that, but this week I'm going to try to help Touchdown and Abby out here, uh, they've uh, had another loss and I always try to pick a losing team, so Rob, listen up. This week, I'm going to call the shot for a brother of mine, Hunter Renfro, Raiders receiver. And I was looking at your team. It looks like your running backs and your receivers are pretty set, uh, as well as your tight end. But you've got some options at the flex spot. You've got Curtis Samuel, Leonard Fournette, uh, Devontae Freeman, these types of of players, if Freeman plays. Uh, And then you also have got Hunter Renfro. And You may not even have considered him as a starting option, but I don't know if you saw what happened in the Cleveland-Cincinnati game this week, but Joe Burrow lit up uh, the Browns. I mean, 400 passing yards, all of his receivers hit, so I'm thinking that Hunter Renfro is going to get some work this week with Derek Carr and uh, I look for him to have a big game probably his biggest of the season and outscore those guys that I mentioned so Hunter to Hunter Hunter's Hunches nice alright let's get to the main event <laughs> the best award
1: alright everyone it is time to put somebody on notice so recap recap T.Y. Hilton spends the bye week in the Shadow Realm, is traded in our (laughs) Dynasty League. He's chilling. He's thinking about what he's done. He's got solitary confinement even in the Shadow Realm. Yes, there's even a worse thing in in that (laughs) place. So, we have Julian Edelman on notice from the last time. He remains on notice. That's two weeks, my brother. And guess what? One more week. You're gonna be with your boy Ty. You don't want that. You don't. <laughs> don't, you, don't you don't want, want to be the second all. wide receiver. But t- I will say, Ty and Julian Edelman going is this is a perfect example of how the NFL changes so quickly on you. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I know I talked about how terrible all of New England's offense is. The whole thing, the whole the whole company is bad, and I know that the people are screaming for Cam Newton to be put on notice. Desperate even. But I can't, because I've had this person in my mind for weeks even longer, and he deserves it, I think. And that is Devin Singletary, you are
0: being put on notice. Oh, a Bills running back who has struggled mightily, as kind of as the Bills have began to struggle. Um, very fitting here. Um do you have his uh, his fantasy points in front of you? What what's that decline um, been like?
1: It's it is looking like this. Hold on. Clickety clack, clickety, clickety, as you hear my keyboard. So Devin Singletary's stats for the for the last three games have been six point seven this week. Five point five last week, four point three the week before.
0: Aches. Yeah, that's not going to do it for for uh, touchdown, Navi. That's that's not what you want. Yeah, and I know that he's young, but it feels
1: like something's something's got to happen. To I mean, he's like the the thirty two ranked running back in standard and twenty eighth ranked in, as in like PPR. So it's just. And he had some great weeks to start the season. Yeah. Some nice, solid weeks. Like things are going in the right direction. It has just been tough sledding for him ever since. And not against like great teams. I think that's that's hmm. our great defenses, right? Like right. Tennessee does not necessarily have a great defense this year. Like I mean, he just played the Jets. So, but he just played the Jets too. Yeah, like that, so bad.
0: That'll do it to you. Yeah, I like Devin Singletary. I think, like he was so fun to watch last year in the playoffs. So I hope he turns it around and maybe he will now because Devin Singletary, you've been put. On notice. Very good. All right, Spicer. It is that time. Uh, we are going to talk about the AFC South. The Colts were on by, um, the Jags got beat. We don't really talk about, uh, them very much. Um, so we'll talk about the Texans first so we can save the, the Titans last year. Um, and, uh, I'm changing my tune. I, uh, the tex the texans they're they're bad, yeah, I lost I, the hope.
1: I'm not sure what the problem is though I really don't like that is an enigma team where the 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 players it seems like are all there, like
0: the they are physically mm-hmm.
1: yeah like <laughs> on paper they're they're all they all it should be a pretty good team, I really do think it's the The DeAndre Hopkins to date for David Johnson trade will forever
0: haunt that franchise. Yeah, it's like a curse. I think there could be a curse in the making. And like the thing is like we started making excuses for them because they had to start like you can lose playing the Chiefs and the Ravens the first two weeks and be amazing. You can lose even in week three against the Steelers who have shown that they are very good. So we really were looking for them to turn it around in October, and then they lost to the Vikings, and we were still, I guess, making excuses. I'm done making excuses now. Um, they couldn't beat they they like I mean, the Titans game was like fine and close and all that, but you have to beat a good team to be good. You can't lose to all of the good teams that you play and like still like turn it around. In my opinion, so the fact that they they weren't ever really competitive with the Packers, um, the score ended up being relatively close, but it, the game was not going to happen. Um, so, yeah, Texans are bad.
1: It's, it's not looking great for them. I was actually going to say, I know we don't talk about Jacksonville, but at least their games like, are somewhat competitive, like,
0: yeah, that's true.
1: Like they at, at least what, whatever their recipe is, even though they're not great,' they've they figured out like the best way to do what they can with what they have, talent-wise, are a better way than the Texans, I think.
0: <laughs> That's the I will hundred percent agree on that. Um they're getting more out of their players than the Texans are, which is hilarious. Yeah. Um I do I do look to see if Gardner Minshew will get benched at some point because at some point if you lose uh like six straight games, it's it might be time to make a change. So Yeah, who's What's behind like, Minshew? I don't even know. Um it's one of those like classics uh let me see if I can find it. One of the classic like clipboard holders like as soon as I say the name here in a second, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, of course, because it's Mike Glennon. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, just the most classic backup quarterback. Um, yeah, so Mike Glennon. We'll, I don't know if there's much reason to put him in, but we'll see what happens. Um, all right, let's talk Titans. It is that time. Our Titans uh, got their first loss this week against the Steelers. There was a lot going on here. That's what my notes say, a lot going on here. <laughs> um why don't you start us off as the resident actual Titans fan?
1: So, start starts out at the with the like just from the start of the game.
0: Yeah. Like however, how you want we can talk about it as much or as little as you want. Hmm. Uh, so this was a hard one.
1: Yeah. So this game was a a classic. It felt like tale of two halves kind of game. Mm. The first half was just felt all Steelers. Titans are there to hang on, come out of the halftime break. Uh, make a push, the defense finally figures out how to get some stops uh, and get the offense back on the field. Because that was, I mean, that first quarter of the game was one of the most boring things I've ever watched. It was the Steelers for almost 10 minutes driving down for a touchdown. The Titans going three and out, punting, and then the Steelers having the ball to end the first quarter on their second drive. And so I was like, holy cow. This is slow moving. Um, and so by that point, like it, when the second quarter comes around, there's just not a lot of time. Like The Titans haven't had the ball very much. So that's why I sort of say the first and second half thing, I think, in terms of how I was viewing it.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. The, the Titans only had the ball one time in the first quarter. And then I think, like, so they did score in the second quarter, but then uh, they went three and out on the, the drives that they didn't. So like they had one drive that wasn't a three and out in the first half. So uh, you're absolutely right in, in describing it that way. Um, having made my hunch about Juju and then having started Deontay Johnson, I was very happy uh, at the start of this game the way it was going um, from a fantasy perspective. Um, but I do think it kind of illuminated some things about this Titans team that I think people should take notice of and, and I guess you could maybe worry about um because you know I've been like very hesitant and doubting the Titans throughout parts of the season um and I think we saw part of the reasons why even though it ended up being a close game and I, and I do want to give props that they were like very scrappy and fought and like you want that you want a team that can like fight back after such a bad first half um but all of that comes with a but uh I do think that they miss Taylor Luan oh yes like I big time
1: yeah, during that game, I was t- talking a lot with our pals in this league about how I think that w- we we can't fully grasp how different the Titans have to operate without Taylor Lewan, and like because offensive linemen, you know, uh, same same with watching defenses too. It's like when you're playing fantasy, you kind of stop watching those players, mm-hmm. like you don't care as much. But Taylor Lewan is like the he is the DeAndre Hopkins or who Patrick Mahomes or whoever you want to say of of arguably the most important position of football at left tackle. Like, oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like it's it's hard to, to be like what that does to Ryan Tannehill mentally, like what half is what thinking to yourself, I have half a second less now that Taylor LeWan's not over there. What that does to you mentally when when playing, it's a real it's a real effect. Yeah. Half- it, yeah.
0: Absolutely. And I think he only got sacked twice, but um, I don't know what the other numbers were as far as like getting rushed or, or knocked yeah. down, and all that stuff. But I would imagine we saw an instant like uptake in those. Um, but like also, even off the field, like Lawan has become like, like, which is hilarious that an offensive lineman could do this, but like a personality, like a, a fan favorite. Like he's one of the biggest known linemen, if not maybe the number one in all the league. So. It's probably has has an effect on the locker room, like as well. It's like when a leader like this is is not playing, um, so that was a concern. And then the defense clearly had concerns uh, in the secondary. I thought it was just real rough. And then I I think they just there was another injury in the secondary that that just came out like yesterday. I meant to write down who it was and I I, I forgot. Um, so I don't know if you saw that. But um, if you can't get pressure on the quarterback and you have a bad secondary, that is a recipe for failure yes
1: now I was gonna say dude is a is a Dory Jackson playing
0: for the Um, Titans I don't know he was like on the COVID list at some point uh let's see a Dory Jackson he did not play on Sunday okay so that's so that's another thing too
1: that I was thinking I was like I, I never heard his name, and I know that it doesn't seem like he gets thrown too very often. Like, I think he's very good, but I, I did just notice myself, like, where is Adori? Is he out there? And I guess I just didn't know that he he was out for that game, but that will help. Him coming back helps a ton because you're right. Our, our defensive line is not built to get pressure on the quarterback. It's like run-stopping except for Clowney, and I yeah. think Clowney's banged up right now. I think he had something going on and was that like limited use
0: uh, um also they got rid of Will Compton that that was another thing I, I, he's another peop- like guy like the linebacker that people just really like um which i mean i, I don't know like i guess it, they raised him for a reason but like didn't people love him yeah you know he's like that special teams like a like a energy guy. guy
1: yeah like like he would play on all the special teams come in maybe and for special sets on defense or whatever and uh, but he tended to fi- find himself to make big plays, kind of like a Teddy Bruschi, right? He's like not an yeah. amazing linebacker, but he ha- managed to find himself like sitting back in that zone and like being the person to pick the ball off, like just happening, always making the big play. That's sort of what Compton felt like in his sort of like preseason when he was in and limited roles, kind of player.
0: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I I just I was looking at like headlines and saw that one and thought. Well, I mean, it may not like hurt them on necessarily, but it's just another thing. It's like, oh, that's a bummer. Um, <clears throat> Christian Fulton uh, had an MRI on his knee yesterday, so that's another corner uh, in addition to Adori that's hurt. So, um, some concerns there for the Titans. Well, um, one thing I wanted to say as a like a olive branch to the the Titans fan base is I had. So the, the Steelers kind of beat the Titans at, kind of at their own game a little bit. Like they ran the ball well and just like ate up clock, uh, which is something the Titans like to do. And that's also the way that Kentucky plays football and has had success in recent years is by just dominating time of possession and, and running the ball. They've had the best like rushing offense uh, for a while and they got beat by Missouri in the exact same way. Like Missouri ran it all over Kentucky, kept the ball out of our hands and it was very depressing. So um, both of us got beat. Um, kind of in our uh, with our own methods which is always frustrating
1: always frustrating also uh goskowski had a, a chance to tie it really yeah. like and ben roethlisberger on the sideline being like immediately being like wow he missed it yeah was just like bro you have no idea
0: yep uh we said it would come back to haunt him at some point this season uh that he would he would do it and he did so all right well that's enough uh gloom and doom there the titans will be fine they'll make the playoffs and be good uh keep your chins up out there folks spicer that's all i have for today
1: that's all i have thanks for listening everyone
0: all right we'll see you all next week It's you by Magiano Productions.